Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned-out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, big doings ahead on Bold and Beautiful. Someone will be killed off the canvas, and it might not be the only death we see. So I spoke with the show's executive producer and head writer, Brad Bell, for an interview in the new issue, where he previewed what's coming up and answers a lot of the fans' burning questions about what's going on on the show. So number one, of course, is when will Hope get her baby back? Uh, And we have gotten so many emails from viewers who are really upset that it has taken this long to even happen. Uh, Brad says he hears them and he knows, but this is the part of the story where they're supposed to be annoyed. Which, you know, is probably not exactly what fans want to hear, but I thought uh, when I read your interview that it was really interesting to find out that, in a way, getting fans riled up and chomping at the bit, for the truth to come out, of course, uh, is deliberate and by design when it comes to how Brad chose to plot this one out. It's sort of like a a double-edged sword in soap storytelling that the more explosive a secret is, the likelier it is to be kept under wraps for months, if not longer. You know, one of the things I asked Brad is, did he feel pressure to reveal the secret sooner? I mean, Hope gave birth on the show's 8,000th episode, which was January 4th. And here we are in June, and she still doesn't know that the baby is alive. You know, I pointed out that when his father, Bill Bell, was the head writer at Days in the show's early years, the secret that Mickey wasn't Mike's father was kept for eight years. And, you know, despite YNR doing it with uh, the secret of Lily's you know, parentage, like we really have not seen a secret being kept that long. And it is hard to imagine that happening today. Yeah, I don't think it would. I mean, I think we can definitively say that for a few reasons. Like the YNR example that you gave is some time ago now. And uh, number two on B&B, you know, being a half hour show with its petite cast of characters, this story is so dominant that I just don't think it could be sustained within the parameters of of B&B for anywhere near that long. You know, there's a bit of a contrast to the other big baby swap on daytime right now, which is the GH saga involving Wiley, who's the bio son of Nell and Michael, who's being raised by Brad and Lucas. And Willow thinks that Wiley is her son via Shiloh because she doesn't know that the baby she gave up to be adopted actually passed away. (laughs) Now, forget about Hope's baby being born in January. That is nothing. Willow and Nell both gave birth last July. So we're coming up on a full year that GH has kept that secret under wraps and boiling. But GH has, you know, seven. 75 characters. So the baby swap is maybe one of like a dozen stories that GH has in play. 
I think even though on GH it's a story that is heating up and it's involving more and more people, you don't see people clamoring it for uh, for it to end in quite the same way because it hasn't been as much of a focus in the world of Port Charles as Hope and Baby Beth have been on B&B. Um, and I also think that even though we've been seeing Michael grieve for his son, um, who he thinks is dead, there is something about a mother grieving for a baby that she thinks is dead that is really alive that is just even more wrenching than it is with a father in the same situation. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. And that really is the running sentiment in the emails that uh, we've gotten from fans, you know, is that they feel the show is torturing Hope by keeping her away from Beth. But, you know, structurally, they've set up a very intriguing scenario. Uh, Brad does reveal that Hope will find out the truth this summer, you know, which should come as welcome news to the right. audience. But then I'm sure there's going to be a whole new set of complications with Steffi, who's raising Phoebe and Beth, and then Liam, who's the father of both that baby as well as Kelly. But, you know, to your point, it's also the imbalance of the canvas that is upsetting to fans. They want to see Eric and Quinn and Ridge and Brooke and Katie and Bill, etc. And this one story has really dominated the front burner. You know, I would love B&B to be an hour, but as it stands, they have about 18 minutes of airtime every day. And it would really be hard to have another story running heavily alongside this one at this point. Yes, I think you hit the nail on the head with that word imbalance. Um, you know, we're talking about soaps, and we expect there to be heavy drama, maybe even borderline hard-to-watch heavy drama, um, you know, involving big emotions and high stakes, melodrama. Um, but when a show is dominated by characters in pain, characters grieving, characters in the throes of depression based on loss and mourning, and there's nothing to like properly counterbalance it or there's not enough to counterbalance it. And I'm talking about, you know, a fizzy romance or a lighthearted caper. I think it really does turn off fans who, if they are going to turn a show on every day, want there to be some payoff in terms of escapism. And Hope's sadness has been really well played, but it is hard to watch. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing the same kind of refrain uh, from GH fans at the moment, not over the baby switch, but because there are so many characters grieving for Oscar, grieving for Kiki, grieving still for Morgan. Um, I think it's something that writers would be really wise to be mindful of. You know, do we have something fun to give viewers a little bit of a palate cleanser between all of the heavy courses that we're serving? Yeah, it's true. I feel that's what we're seeing actually on YNR right now with the Kane and Tracy story. I mean, we've definitely gotten a mixed bag response to it from viewers, but I think the, you know, old-timey scenes of Tracy's characters coming to life in her book are fun and something different. You know, I love seeing the old costumes. I think they're doing a great job with the hair and makeup. And I look forward to seeing which other characters they're going to rope into it. You know, you have to balance out that heavier stories, and that's what they're doing. Um Actually, our guest today made her B&B debut in what would definitely be considered lighter fare mm -hmm. as part of the rebooted Spectre clan. It's Courtney Hope who plays Sally. So let's get her on the phone and see what she's been up to. Hi, Courtney. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. My pleasure. Where are we catching you? I am in Malibu, actually, coming back from a meeting. So I am on the side of the road staring out at this beautiful ocean view that I'm taking in for all three of us. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I try to get out here as often as possible because, you know, L.A. just gets a little bit crazy and I'm such a nature person. So I... When I lived at home years ago, I used to, they were right over the mountain from Malibu. I used to come out here and write and just watch the waves, but I live a little bit farther now. So as often as I can get out here, I try to. Lucky you. Yeah. Throw, yeah. I'm, I'm mad at you. I want to hang up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
So you made your B&B debut in January 2017. Uh, tell us what life was like for Courtney Hope in the lead up to your first gig. Uh, you know, it was interesting. I, um, I, I had had a video game that came out in April of that year, um, the year prior. And then after that, you know, there was a lot of, um, little bits here and there career wise. Um, but I had gotten to, um, a really interesting place, like emotionally and spiritually where I just was kind of in this, like, accepting everything for what it was and really, really enjoying, um, everything that I was going through and where it was coming from and spending time with friends and family. So it was really interesting when, you know, the audition for Bold and the Beautiful came around because I was in a really interesting place, um, through all of the audition process that like, you know, even going into the test and I was there with six other girls and like, I just like, prayed for every single one as they went in. And I just was so thankful to be around these, you know, women that obviously were so talented, you know, that's why they were there. And I just was so thankful that it was like, whether it's this role or something else, whoever gets this, it's going to be meant to be, which is crazy because I feel like this industry, you know, it pins people against each other so quickly, but I really truly think that that mindset, it's kind of stuck with the reason I bring it up is because it's stuck with me ever since to showing that like, I don't know. I just was so authentically excited about where I was in life that I feel like that brought the show to me, if that makes sense. Like, I felt like I had just been so open that um, whatever greatness was going to come was going to be the greatest thing in the world. And, and it really, truly was like it just it just was so incredible. And um, so I found out about it. I had gone to visit my roommates. Chad and I went um, to Atlanta and I found out when I was with them, which was cool because I lived with them for three years and we're all actors and we've all been on this roller coaster together. So it was really cool to be able to share that with them. Um, and they had just moved to Atlanta for acting. So that was really fun. When I interviewed you and Chad together, you were talking about how you'd been actually up for a role on GH. So that came mm -hmm. before that, I assume. Um, had you had any other like soap auditioning experiences to that point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had auditioned for all of the soaps at one point in time. You know, I, I can think back to one of my first auditions was for um, Young and the Restless when I was like 19 years old. Um, I had just gotten back from filming a movie in Bulgaria. And the day I got back, um, I had to go straight from the airport to a Young and the Restless audition. And I was so tired and so jet lagged. Um, but that was, I mean, incredible, but that was like the first one that I can really truly think of. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd been in, you know, a lot of different, um, scenarios, but I definitely be, you know, the general hospital test was the closest that I had gotten, um, before bold and the beautiful, which was, um, about a year before the bold and the beautiful test. It was actually, it was actually like, it was in May of 2016, and then I got Bold and the Beautiful January of 2017. So, but it definitely prepped me for it, you know. But I will never forget, like, my first moment of going into that screen test because I grew up watching all my children. Like, I was obsessed with all my children. My nanny watched it, so there, you know, uh, was me sitting right beside her. And then, you know, I just had gotten so into it and, and the whole, you know, Jamie and JR storyline. And so the first time I saw Jacob working with him, I like slight, had a slight panic attack. I'm like, this is hysterical, but you know, I used to watch you and he's like, Oh my God, you're aging me. Please don't. And then I saw Thorsten and it was like the same thing. I was like, 
I've always said to Torsten, I'm like, you look the exact same. Like, he literally never ages. I'm like, he's like a vampire or something. He oh, he gets better. This. He gets better, yeah. I think. He does. He really, truly does. So anyway, so that was really, really um, cool for me. The first time I walked on, you know, the test at GH was on this this set um, of GH. And I just walked in and, like, had this moment of, like, like reality hit. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I th- this was... It was one of those moments like, man, I used to be 10 years old watching this and now I'm here. Like, it was just cool how everything kind of came full circle and, and I felt really like I was in the right place at the right time. So that was really cool. And now I'm on one. So working with the people that, I mean, I grew up watching. So let's just say my nanny was super jealous. I was like taking photos of Torsten, you know, I'm like, Torsten, say hi to my nanny. Oh my God, stop. So it's been really cool. Um, so you really hit the ground running at Bold and Beautiful, you know, was being on a soap, what you expected different from what you expected? What do you recall about those early days? Um, you know, it was interesting because I had been with Chad for close to a year before I got on, um, the show. So I kind of saw a little bit how soaps work, but you know, every soap is different. Um, Bold and Beautiful definitely has its differences, um, than General Hospital, you know, even in the sense that we're only a half hour. So, you know, the way that we shoot and the way each soap shoots is a little bit different. So, you know, Chad definitely tried to give me his two cents and, and I was, you know, all ears listening to whatever, you know, helpful information I could take. Um, but going into it was still, you know, a very, my own personal experience, um, was a bit different because, you know, I'd done a lot of other projects. I think the biggest thing was just how quickly everything moved. Um, I will say that doing my first video game was very helpful for the soap, uh, world for me to kind of dive into it because video game, the way that we shoot the dialogue sometimes moves really fast, not as fast as soaps. But um, I was very thankful to have had that experience. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I just was kind of thrust into this world of a real true family. You know, I mean, we're together every single day, especially when you have a heavy storyline. And, um, you know, there for the first year, I was seeing them more than I was seeing, you know, my family and Chad and and all of that. So um, that was it was really cool to kind of just be embraced into the second home of people that you know, you, you just get to experience life with and create with. Um, so that was a really cool experience, but, um, yeah, I did try and take, you know, kind of what I saw from Chad and I've had plenty of other friends throughout the years when my best friends used to be on days of our lives. And so, you know, I, we used to run lines with him back when I was like 21. And so it was kind of cool to have that experience, like, you know, being the one, you know, take, take what I'd accumulated, but then also gain my own new knowledge and kind of, you know, marry those two together and create my own, um, what my life was on a soap. Wait, you have to remind me who, who it was that you knew on days. Uh, Mark Hopka. Well, I knew Mark Hopka, Casey Diedrich and Molly Burnett. So all three of us were friends growing up. So I would watch them. I mean, they were like the little trio, um, on days of our lives back in the day. Um, and actually Ashley Benson too, when she was back that, that was like, I was like 17 and we were all really good friends. So, um, that was when she worked with Darren actually on bold and the beautiful. So, I mean, on bold and the beautiful on days of our lives. So whenever I started working with him on bold and the beautiful, we <laughs> right. were laughing because I had, you know, knew him through her. And anyway, we had like our 10 year Facebook anniversary, like friend anniversary <laughs> or whatever it was. That's so funny. And yeah, just like a year ago. And him and I were like, wow, how crazy. Like, we never really fully hung out, but like we knew the same people. So, you know, apparently someone 
you know, along the way was like, hey, let's be friends on Facebook. <laughs> so um, that was kind of cool. You were real connected. And I, I remember <laughs> uh, the first time I ever spoke to you in person, I tracked you down at a GH party because an Uber driver that I had had that week, like, knew one of your day's friends or something like that and was like, do you know Courtney Hope? I, I was know, like, so crazy. Very, uh, very small worldy. It is. And I can't, you know, I came out here when I was 14 and I lived at Oakwood for the longest time. So there's just like, you know, just an invasion of actors. And so I feel like even now, like even Chad, I mean, there's, there's rarely a place I will go where I don't know somebody. And he's like, how in the heck, granted, I could talk to a wall. So I've talked to, so I get that from my mom. Like I just talk to everyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you do meet a lot of people throughout the years, you know, through acting classes. Like I've never not, I've only taken like maybe a year off of acting class since I've been out here. So people come in and out of those classes and then on sets and stuff. So I've been very fortunate to meet some really great artists who I get to work with or people know or whatever it is. Um, so when you were cast on B&B, you didn't get just any role. Like you got a role that was really an homage to the namesake of the character, the original Sally Spectra. Um, and Darlene Conley was such a huge part of the show's early years. Uh, what was like that aspect of playing Sally like for you to take on? Like, did you research Darlene and research uh, the original Sally? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting because when I auditioned, I did not know that that was the role. They kind of posed it as like a Miley Cyrus dressing, you know, bold, um, sassy kind of character. Um, could be nice, could be a villain. Like it was kind of like, you know, this very vague, broad <laughs> spectrum of what it could be. And so, you know, I, I went in wearing a massive fur coat and fishnet tights and a tight pencil skirt. And I was like, uh, you know, had braids in my hair. Like I was like, I literally went full Miley Cyrus. Like, I mean, <laughs> not full Miley Cyrus because I don't think that would be allowed. But you know what I'm saying? Like, close enough. You kept your tongue and, in your um, mouth. <laughs> right. Exa- exactly. Yes. Yes. Thank God. And my foam finger was stayed in my purse. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but then when I found out I got cast, I remember where I was. I was actually sitting outside Denny's and I was with my parents. We were going to eat breakfast and uh, the producers of the show called me and said, so do you want to know what role you're playing? And I said, okay. So my dad went in and got a table and I sat in the car with my mom on speakerphone and they told me that it was, you know, uh, Sally Spectra and all about Darlene Connolly. And, uh, my mom knew, had known about it. Like her job was like, I mean, she was like elated, like going, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Um, and so then they sent me a bunch of stuff on Darlene. And then from there, I just kind of took it upon myself to kind of see as many things as I could find on the internet about Darlene. And, um, because I really wanted to, you know, bring as much of what she had to the character, um, while, you know, still making it my own, you know, it's like, obviously she's my aunt. So there's going to be characteristics and things that I picked up, especially if she's a mentor of mine, you know, um, as Sally. So I definitely wanted to bring in certain things about her and, and what were the key, um, personality and character traits and then see how I could kind of transform that into being my own. So I feel like, you know, in the beginning, you know, everyone wanted it to be a lot bigger because she's very uh, theatrical. And so, you know, we tried that for a bit. And then slowly but surely, I kind of got back into my, you know, I was doing film before that. So going, I felt like I went from like film to theater in like a split second. So, which I grew up as a dancer. So I was like, yeah, cool. Let's perform. I'll throw my arms up in the air and spin around. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) It was so, it was so fun. You know, I, I'll never forget one of the producers, um, 
uh, Ed came out in the middle of it. He's like, I want you to do it like this and like twirled around and, <laughs> and everyone was laughing. They were like, I don't think I've ever seen Ed twirl in my life. You know? and I, was like, I was like, well, I'm so glad I could have brought that on. Um, so, but yeah, I, I really, I really truly tried and continue to try and give um, as much credit to her as I can, you know, while bringing it um, on my own. And there's been plenty of times, you know, that I've left my dressing room and, you know, I, I'm very spiritual and, and I like to pray and, and I'll, you know, pray to her and just say like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best. And, you know, I, I thank you for this opportunity. Cause I really truly feel like there have been moments where, you know, it's like, what would Sally do? You know, like the original, original Sally, what would Sally do here? Um, what would my aunt say, you know, before I speak, you know, to especially moments with Thomas, like, what would my aunt Sally tell me to do in this situation? Like really embodying Sally, my Sally, Sally Spectre Jr. Mm-hmm. And kind of looking at that. So it's been kind of, it's been fun. Well, you definitely played heavy for a really long time in the beginning. Um, and then Sally was surprising to us, written out for a while. Um, was that difficult for you? Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it came as a shock. Um, I think because there had been a lot of plans and a lot of talks of what was going to be happening over the next couple of years. Um, but you know, people in storylines, you know, especially with soaps, people come and go so quickly and, um, especially on our show, I feel like because it's a half hour, um, we get a limited amount of, you know, people that are, are working in that short amount of time as opposed to someone that hasn't, you know, shows that have an hour and more time to kind of bounce between maybe, you know, uh, three or four storylines at a time. We kind of tend to stay on one or two. Um, so it was, it was unfortunate. You know, I was, I was definitely shocked. I think, you know, slowly but surely people from my little clan, my little specter group started, you know, dropping off and, and that worried me, you know, I was like, oh gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. But with that said, you know, I felt like, um, it was a family, you know, and, um, I'm, I'm very much like, you know, whatever happens happens. And I know that I'd given it everything that I, that I could give. And I really put my, you know, blood, sweat and tears into, that entire year, literally, you know, (laughs) like, so I think that, you know, it was, it was shocking. Um, but I'm glad, you know, whenever I did come back, um, I was very thankful, you know, when I, when I did come back to kind of be able to sit there and go, okay, I'm going to use this as, you know, a transition. Not only did I transition in life, um, in that amount of time, but also, you know, what, what has Sally gone through where I can make it different and use it as a blessing and go, okay, let's create a different element to Sally. Let's create a different layer and see where she is now versus where she was. And, um, I really, truly like who Sally's become. So I think in a way it was a blessing. Um, well in true B&B fashion, uh, Sally has already had a multitude of romantic interests and a few good rivals as well in your short time on the show. So let's talk about some of the, the men folk that you've worked with opposite. Uh, let's start with Don Diamond, Sally's good old rival. Yeah, uh, that's always a, a fun one. It's so funny because, you know, he's so, even as a human being, like he's very, um, when he's working, like he is Bill. I mean, obviously he's Don, but he is Bill. And um, I really think in general as an actor, no matter who he's working with, they're always on their toes because he's very much so, um, which I appreciate, you know, he's very free in what he does. And, um, you always kind of have to be ready for, you know, an improv or something. Um, so, but with Sally, you know, it's somebody that is, 
in a lot of ways, complete opposite of who she is, but passion wise on an equal level. Like he's very passionate and he's very much, you know, if he wants something, he's going to go after it. And Sally's that way, which is why I think they become such, you know, intense um, opposites and rivals because it's, you know, in her mind, the way they go about getting there is different, but what they're aiming for, um, you know, which is, you know, family and what's right, you know, is, is the same. So it's always quite, it's always quite interesting. I love, I love their moments together. Uh, now Sally and Thomas were a big pairing. Tell us about working with Pearson Foday. Yeah, he's amazing. I, I love Pearson. We got to be like the best of friends. I'm actually going to see him tonight. I haven't seen him in a while. We try and catch up every once in a while, but it was really great. You know, I think that honestly working with him because I tested with him, he was really the closest thing that I, you know, if someone that I knew him and John McCook, because I know Molly McCook. Um, so both of them, I really kind of, um, you know, leaned on a little bit in the beginning. Um, especially because right when I got on the show, I went straight to Australia and, I hadn't even met half the cast yet. Like I didn't even know who these people were. And, um, I tend to, I'm very outgoing, but when I first get to know somebody, I tend to be sometimes a little more introverted and, and observant. Like I'll kind of sit back and kind of, you know, look at the, um, the, the relationships and how everything kind of flows together. So I can kind of see, you know, my way in, if you will. Um, and so it was really great in the beginning having someone that I felt like I was working so closely with that I felt was made me feel a little bit safe, you know, not that I didn't feel safe, but you know what I mean? Like just being able to kind of have someone, if, if, if I ever felt like a little nervous about having so much dialogue and, you know, I'm such a type A personality, I was like, no, this has to be perfect. And, you know, just having someone that I could kind of bounce, you know, my, my thoughts and feelings off of. And then in the midst of it all, I love what we had created with Sally and Thomas. We really took the time to spend a lot of time in the dressing room and kind of going back and forth or, or over FaceTime at night, you know, kind of going, okay, you know, what do we want out of this relationship between Sally and Thomas, which was really cool to be able to create that with somebody. Um, that was our own, you know, that wasn't anything like he dealt with another relationship or, you know, um, so that, that was fun. And we're in collaborating with the writers. Brad was really good about allowing us to come and go, Hey, this is what we see. And he, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. So that was really cool. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about Scott Clifton who plays Liam? Ah, yes. I, I love Scott. I, I love Sally and Liam together. They, I feel like, it's so funny because everyone, you know, it's like in life, you know, different relationships bring out different aspects of your personality. Um, and I feel like there was just something very calming about Sally when she had her little thing for Liam um, that me personally as an actor, I was like, I kind of want to take that and have that be a growth moment for Sally. Um, Cause I just think that, yeah, it was just so funny. It was like, so Uh, spur of the moment. And I really, truly think it was like one of the first genuine human beings that, yeah, Sally was, you know, into him for a second, but it was more like just somebody that really, truly had a good heart and was there for her. And um, so for me, you know, I obviously, I love Scott and he's so funny and I think he's so talented. And so it was just such a blast working with him. And we did the same thing. We would collaborate and say, okay, so what do we see out of this? And, um, but yeah, it was it was really fun when they were together, and uh, I think I learned a lot as Sally working with 
somebody like him as well that, you know, obviously progressed into me, you know, now with, with Wyatt and the juxtaposition between them, but also similarities because they are brothers. And I just feel like there's been a lot of moments where I find it calming over me and, uh, you know, through Sally, um, that came from that brief little, you know, moment. But then again, you know, I always love that rivalry. So that was fun with, with Jackie and Steffi for a minute there, you know, (laughs) that was always a fun moment. I miss those moments. I, I love working with Jackie. So, but yeah, I love working with Scott. He's great. Um, and finally your most recent on-screen partner, which was Darren Brooks. Yes. Yeah. He's, he is so funny. He's so funny, which I really appreciate. It's nice. And, and to be honest with you, I feel like out of all of the relationships, I really like Sally with Wyatt. Um, it's, it happens to be one of my favorites. I think, um, you know, that quirky aspect of Sally, um, that me as Courtney, I really truly love cause it's so fun to, you know, just kind of bounce humor back and forth and have this banter. Um, I feel like that really is, you know, attributed to Darren, obviously, but who he's created Wyatt to be as well. And so he's been really fun to work with. Um, again, you know, in the beginning, I know that, you know, there was like a, a couple months prior to, uh, well, I guess like kind of right around when I, I left the first time or left, not the first time, but left, you know, there in the beginning that I, um, that we had kind of talked and he was saying, you know, I'd love to see, you know, Wyatt and Sally together and, and what ends up happening. And then, and then, you know, when I came back, it ended up, it ended up happening and, and, and it was cool because it, it had been something that, you know, we'd never really been in scenes together and, um, really gotten to know each other as, as people either. So, but I've really, really grown to respect him and, um, he's so funny and he's just such a really great caring guy. And, and I love, love Wyatt and Sally together. And, um, I love acting with him as well. He's very present. He's very there, you know, which is, which is really nice. I love being able to work with somebody that, you know, is, is just there and whatever the heck happens, happens and improv lines and you both, you know, just keep going on it. So, um, it's been really fun. You know, it was a really great pairing. I mean, it was disappointing to see them split because it sort of felt a little, you know, out of nowhere and she didn't really get a lot of satisfaction, I feel, yeah. from Wyatt, like a good explanation. It felt, it felt premature and then, yes, um, shame on him. Totally. Yes, yes. <laughs> but the biggest question we have is, uh, where's Sally living right now? <laughs> yes, you know, I wondered the same thing. No, uh, you know, Sally's got her own little apartment. You know, I think, I think that... You know, there for a, a couple of days, she was, you know, staying at a hotel. And then after a while, it was like, okay, you know, I don't think, I don't, you know, I don't foresee anything really changing right now, especially, you know, she sees, you know, she Sally works at the office. So she sees Flo and Wyatt and knows how that is. So uh, in my mind, Sally's got her own little wonderful apartment, you know, <laughs> she, she opened up that storage unit that she packed all her stuff in before she went to New York. And <laughs> She's got mannequins and fabrics. She's, she's exactly. doing a whole line there. Exactly. I've said multiple times, I said, Sally needs a dog. You know, totally. (laughs) Sally needs an animal. She needs someone to, you know, some house plants or something, (laughs) something to talk to. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, So soap stories are cyclical and, you know, we hear you actually have one coming up. So what could you tease about that? There's going to be some very interesting uh, things that 
come out. I mean, you know, this baby storyline eventually has to come out, right? So, <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't know. It's interesting because, you know, we only get scripts like a couple weeks out. So I know like what's, what's definitely coming up is interesting that things are, things are going to be, um, taking a turn and, and getting quite interesting, but I feel like everybody is going to have kind of all their cards thrown up in the air, you know, in general. So kind of where they land, uh, I think everyone's waiting to see, which, which will be interesting. It'll be fun. You know, I Mm -hmm. think that, uh, there's a lot of really cool things for, for Sally and for pretty much everyone, you know, but you never know. Things are getting crazy over there in oh, yeah. LA at Forrester. <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting crazy. People are, people are losing it. So, uh, all right. Good yeah, to know. We'll good. see. I don't know. Good things. All good things. So we'll, 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 we'll see. All I can tease is there'll be, there'll be some fun things and, um, Sally will, Sally will be back around. Um, well, you have like a whole other career in video games, which you referenced a little bit earlier. How, how did your involvement in that uh, side of the business uh, come about? Uh, you know, it was funny because I've done voiceover uh, for years and I'd always kind of wanted to get into that side of it. Um, you know, I did a lot of commercial voiceover and then got close to a lot of animation stuff. Um, and and then... I. I don't know. I just kind of like, there was like a year or two where everything kind of, I was working a lot theatrically, which was great. And then my agent had remembered me saying something about it, um, a couple years prior and said, uh, you know, my manager said, Hey, you, uh, this is weird, but do you want to go out on this audition? And I was like, sure. So I got there. Um, and then didn't really know fully what it was for. I just knew that it was a, obviously a project. Um, and I, it was like, a, and then they said, okay, we well, are going to be testing. And I said, okay. And I'm like, this is quite interesting. And so I went and I tested, you know, with, with the lead guy. And, um, there was like this whole room of just people that were sitting there and, and I heard someone say something about Microsoft and I thought, well, that's interesting. Microsoft's coming out with a project. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, I left and then I heard nothing. And then about six months later, um, I've, you know, I've, I've been a fitness instructor for, you know, seven years now. And I was getting ready to go into one of my classes. And my manager called and said, um, Hey, uh, do you want the role of, of Beth? And I was like, who's Beth? <laughs> like, I was so confused. <laughs> I'm like, who's Beth? And they were like, Beth, you know, the, you know, game quantum break. And, and I said, game. And they said, video game. Yeah, it's a video game. And so that's kind of how it happened. Like, it was like, it sounds like really, you know, anticlimactic story, but it was just kind of like, something that I'd always wanted and then just somehow ended up in it. And I really did not know what I was, I did not know what I was getting myself into. I did not know that this world would be literally one of my favorite aspects of my career, um, thus far. Like, it's just so cool. Um, and the gaming industry is just booming and, you know, it's so, um, it's so crazy. You know, Nolan North, he's a very, very famous voiceover um, actor. And he was speaking this week at E3 and he was mentioning how, you know, as actors, you know, we live in this world where we, you know, embody and portray these characters and, you know, other, um, you know, the audience gets to see themselves as that character. They, they can relate to you. But the interesting thing about video games is the audience actually gets a chance to be you. And it's so, it's so 
intricate and so interwoven. And, um, and so it's just been really cool. So I just kind of jumped into that and I worked with, uh, Remedy Games and, and, um, I worked on Quantum Break. And then from there, um, I did a little bit in a Star Wars video game and then I did some, uh, live action stuff for Quantum Break, the TV show. And then, um, a little live action stuff for the last Call of Duty that came out. And then, and then, but, you know, then I got a call from Remedy and they were coming out with a new game and, they just offered me the lead. They said, no, we'd love to have you be the lead and write for you again. So I'm just, I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful. It's been so cool. Um, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's so many really, really huge actors, um, that are, I mean, one of my friends, Tyler Hecklin, he now is, you know, Chad's favorite video game is Final Fantasy and he's in the new Final Fantasy as the main villain Sephiroth, which is just so cool to me, you know, seeing these people that are these great actors that get to, you know, get into this world. I, I feel like the video game world's only starting. So it's it's just been so cool. Yeah, you're like a really big deal. You're like on the cover of things. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're doing it. So what happens when you see fans? I mean, how do they, like video game fans, how do they react to you? Well, it's so interesting. I was just talking about this because last week we were at E3 and, you know, my, my poster's up, you know, right when you leave and right in one of the other wings. And But it's so interesting because with video games, um it's so all over the place. You Sometimes the video game character looks exactly like you. Sometimes it looks nothing like you. It's just your voice. Um, there's people that walk around in cosplay. So, you know, it's constantly people are looking at you going like, is that her? Is that not her? Is she <laughs> pretending to be her? I'm not really sure. You know, and it's so funny. But when they do find out it's you, it's like, oh, my gosh, they just are so elated. And and but it's it's cool. I mean, the fans, they're so respectful. And um you know, I feel like it's kind of like I kind of attest it to like, you know, like the Marvel fans and stuff where they dress up as you and they just want that. It's it's kind of in a weird way, like an alternate reality, even though it is reality. I feel like, you know, it's it's just a different level of it. You know, I think the first time I I was really, you know, thrust into a fan was um, the year Halloween right after Quantum Break came out and I went out with some friends uh, we went trick-or-treating because we love trick-or-treating. And this little girl was dressed up as Beth Wilder, which was my character in Quantum Break. And I just was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just, I, I think crazy. I fangirled over her. Like, I was like, like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. You know, she was, like, six. And um, she just was so, like, oh, I just love Beth. And so it's it's cool, you know, seeing the fans. But it's also, it's, it's, it's nice because, you know, I um, – it's not like I get bombarded like I do, you know, with like, you know, so, like going out of the country for soap stuff. You know, it's your face. Um, but I think people are a little more like, is that you? Is that not you? And you're just like the out. best cosplayer ever. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. Like I took a picture in front of in one of the wings. My, my photo was over the exit. And so I took a photo of me right in front of it. Uh, Chad took the photo. My brother was standing there and this girl, um, around my age, she's looking at me. Then she's looking at the poster and then she looks back at me. Her boyfriend's sitting next to her. She looks back and she goes, is that her? Is that her? And he looks and he goes, I don't know. Is that her? And my brother's like laughing and I can hear them. And like, you know, and I just kind of looked and I said, Yes, it is. It's okay. You like it's just like it was like on repeat, you know, like a broken record. Is that her? Is that her? And they were like, Oh yeah, can we have a photo? But just that moment of like, is that, is that? Um, is kind of cool, you know. Oh yeah. So. We saw that uh Scott and Nikki Clifton were also there. Did they tag along because you were going or are they big yeah. gamers? 
Yeah, Scott's a huge gamer. Um, he just uh, loves that world. And Nikki loves games as well. And he's been super supportive of me since day one, you know, on video games. And just was really interested in it. And Scott himself can do so many voices. And I know that's uh, the, the, that video game world is something that he really wants to get into. And he should. I mean, he's just outstandingly talented. And so um, Chad's a huge gamer as well. And so they've talked about it. So when all this came out, I said, you know what? I said, I, I, I should reach out and see if they, they want to come along. And, and obviously they were like, you know, oh my God, yes. Like I'll drop everything. Let's go. And they just loved it. You know, they, they came and supported me at my panel. Um, and then they kind of just wandered around and, and had their own experience. Um, they know a couple other people in, in the video game world as well. So they were all able to connect with them, but yeah, they're both of them together. I love them so much. You know, Chad and I really appreciate their friendship and um, just very, very supportive uh, down to earth people that, you know, I was like, you know what, this, this would be cool. I know how much they would, they would love this. So I was really, really excited to get to share that with them. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, Courtney, before we let you go, enjoy your beach view. Uh, without, <laughs> without us yammering at you. I'm so uh, sorry. <laughs> we, we need you to settle something. So, uh, at, at Digest, we do a feature called Co-Star Confidential. We poll actors on a particular cast with different categories, get their picks for like, you know, most chatty, most this, most that. Well, Chad Duel, your significant other, was the unanimous winner of Biggest Goofball in the General Hospital cast. Yes. And Stephanie here was... Shocked by that. She just did not yeah, take I don't him. know him. So I'm like, really? You know, like I only see Michael Corintho. So. <laughs> so do you think that he has been fairly or unfairly cast as a goofball? Oh, fairly. <laughs> Hands down. He is such a goofball. It's so funny because he couldn't be farther from Michael Corinthos. Like that's what's so funny is like he has Michael Corinthos in him. But, you know, Chad is a big kid. Like he – loves he's always joking around he's so clever he makes jokes all the time like I joke like some of them are great jokes some of them are dad jokes but without a doubt <laughs> everyone around will laugh like and like it's mind-blowing like he'll see a rock and he'll like be like so you know and like make a joke out of seeing that rock and everyone around's like how'd you just do that and he's like you know well my secret and so um yeah he's by far a big goofball and and he loves to um, if you ever see my Instagram stories, it's like he just is just, oh, my gosh, always loving to make jokes. So I think he was very, very much fairly cast <laughs> as a goofball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, debate solved here. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You must yes. have a lot of fun at home. Um, oh, I do. Yes, we all do. It's it's We all do. Like my dogs. You counted the dogs. <laughs> I get it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Every, everyone's having a they good time there. They do have fun. He, he'll randomly just like run up like we're mid-conversation he just runs upstairs because he knows the dogs will chase them and they love it and i'm like well okay yes, we're coming back to that subject well uh thank you so much for joining us today thank you for stopping to chat with us today appreciate it yes. of course yeah and no this was wonderful thanks for having me yeah we look forward to seeing you back on screen back more in soon action. yeah thank you so much yeah i can't wait lots of good stuff great have a great day you too. Thanks, Bye, Courtney. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Courtney Hope for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.